Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming back for part two of Brian's story. If you didn't hear part one, be sure to go back and listen to that. He has some really exciting crazy stories that you don't want to miss. So today we're going to talk about his spiritual abuse by a church and actually a family member and our love story. Let's fast forward to um, you moved to Arizona. Um, Why did you move to Arizona? When was that? Well, it's kind of a twofold situation. I'd actually moved from Florida to North Carolina in uh, March of 2008. I was in a relationship that I shouldn't have been in. Um, we were both two headstrong people. We were, um, we were pretty much living in sin. We didn't get married, which was a good thing in the end result. Um, but uh, once uh it got to a point where I I had enough and didn't want the relationship anymore. Um, I had called my brother as a uh, apostolic pastor of a church here in the west side of uh, the Phoenix Valley. And uh, he actually helped me uh, get out of North Carolina with virtually what I moved out from home with when I was 18 years old. It was uh, very little. All I had was my, uh, little Chevy S10 pickup and I towed a four by eight U-Haul trailer behind it with what was left in my life. And um, pretty much it was my uh, my music, my drum set and stuff, um, my personal, you know, clothing items and, and pretty much not a whole lot else um, when I moved. And uh, I actually drove from North Carolina to uh, Phoenix, Arizona with four bald tires. Um, wasn't even sure uh, how, if I, how or if I was going to make it because I couldn't go over 65 miles per hour anywhere because my steering wheel shook so bad. And, um, and it was amazing. It was just a blessing that God over, you know, kept me safe all the way out here. Yes. So Sorry. when I moved, so I moved here with the help of my brother. I didn't really anticipate wanting to live in Arizona. Because I was like anybody else who's never been here. All you think is uh, desert and, <laughs> and 120 degree weather in the summer. And, and you know, unless you live here, you don't realize that uh, it's it's not as bad as you, you would think. We have uh, our pluses get, and minuses for sure. Yeah. Most of the year you have really nice weather. You get about two weeks of winter. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, you get spring and almost spring pretty much for most of the year. And then, you know, you deal with the three and a half hot months during the summer. Um, you just gear your life around it, stay indoors, do house projects inside and things like that. And right now being, uh, November 1st, uh, this is beautiful outside. And this is the reason why we live here is from now until, 
um, April or May, you know, it's going to stay nice and we really like it. And I really didn't think, uh, you know, this was going to be my permanent home, but, uh, as well, you know, your brother, I, your brother didn't, um, just let you come and live with him. There were some, there were oh, some conditions, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. He told me he'd uh, help me out and get me out there and, uh, he'd let me stay with, uh, him at their house. Um, as long as I uh, agreed to go to his church for a year. So that, what was that like? In dire, in dire straits of where I was to get me out of that situation and get somewhere where I could get my feet back on the ground, I accepted his offer. Um, it was very, uh, very eye-opening because mm -hmm. you don't realize uh, how a legalistic church can really affect people's lives um to the point where they look for people that are in dire straits in order to get them to come to their church because they make it seem like you know you know they help you out they give you money they they'll even you know go as far as buying you a car um stuff like that um you know he, they let me borrow the money to get four new tires on my truck which uh was was awesome and I paid it back within two months because I, I had found work uh, here in Arizona quite quickly as a mechanic or not a mechanic but automotive field I got you know got a, a job as a service advisor here at one of the dealers and I did that for a couple um, of months and, but uh, yeah it was a it was a major eye-opening experience living under the roof of a uh, somebody who called themselves a pastor of a church who was supposed to be a leader and uh, help people. And you realize that it's more of a, more of a um, kind of a brainwashing and manipulative situation where, um, you know, they, they uh, basically make you feel like if you don't follow the rules and live the way they say you should live, that you're not a Christian anymore. And, mm. you know, knowing that uh even through my toughest times i always knew god was there and and protected me in many ways um so every day uh you know i'd pray to god please open my eyes show me the right way to go and you know and, and what to do in this situation you know because i was i was relieved of getting away from the life i left in in, in florida and north carolina but I wasn't, uh, I didn't feel like I, I, I was getting any better mentally because of being from one situation to another. Uh, I felt mm -hmm. I was in a, in a very controlled environment, um, you know, to a point where uh, I realized that it wasn't for me and God was telling me to get out of that situation. So, uh, once I saved up enough money, um, I was able to get my own apartment. And when I moved out of my brother's house to uh, my um, own apartment here, I kind of left pretty much uh, the church, that uh, his church and everything. I decided it wasn't for me. And I wrote him a big, long email explaining that, uh, you know, I owe you. Uh, owe you I'm very grateful for you helping me uh, get out of my uh, situation. But unfortunately, religious you know, our beliefs are, are not even close to being on the same page. And uh, so we kind of uh, parted ways and we haven't spoken much since. 
mainly because, um, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, I don't feel comfortable talking to him anymore. Well, you're a grown man being treated yeah. like one of his children. I mean, there was racism going on. There was oh, yeah. told you what you could wear. You couldn't. I never never saw so much hypocrisy in my life living under the roof of somebody who preached one thing but lived another it was uh it was a very it was a big disappointment you know mm-hmm. he, it wasn't just because he was my brother it was the fact that you know you know god tells us in the bible that on the day of judgment the people that claim to be teachers of god's word are going to be judged first yes and if you led people astray or you got them to follow the wrong path following the traditions of man instead of, uh, you know, what, what Christ teaches, um, you know, you're going to be held accountable for that. And that's the first thing I was thinking of when I knew that already. And I'm thinking that, you know, I can't, I can't continue to follow somebody like this and, and be a part of something that doesn't line up with what God says it should be. You know, when, right. you, when, you, when you tell everybody all the things they can't do, Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to be in their church, um, that's that's not a healthy environment. And they weren't biblical things, right? They were oh, like yeah. frivolous things, like you couldn't have a beard. You yeah, couldn't, couldn't have wear a beard. Makeup. Yeah, women couldn't wear makeup, jewelry, or or they they couldn't wear pants. Um, the, the the men in the church uh, couldn't wear any shirts that had sleeves uh, that were short they had to have long sleeves that covered your elbow it's like really here in arizona you're going to make people wear clothes that you're going to wear in minnesota and um so yeah it's just uh it was just a uh it was a very eye-opening experience because i got a chance to see a side a side of uh religion that uh, i hadn't seen before and that's why i don't call myself a religious man I don't believe in religion because religion's for sheep. Yes. You know, to a religion basically uh, is a tradition of man. It's, it's what man has taken something that God started out with and they turn it into something that is the complete opposite. That's why I really like that uh, new Pharisee song from Charlie Daniels. Is it's It's the perfect song for that situation. Yeah, Charlie Daniels has a, a great, uh, a few gospel albums. We we just lost him recently, but yeah. I can't play it on the podcast, but, but look that up on YouTube or Spotify. It's awesome. Yeah, um, very cool song. So you had enough with, uh, with the legalistic uh, apostolic church. Now, after you left, this was kind of around the time when we started meeting each other on a Christian dating website. Yeah. Would you like to tell the story of how God brought us together? I, I think you tell it better than I do. <laughs> well, after I had gotten myself established for the first time yeah. in kind of 20 years, I'd been by myself pretty much. Um, you know, I wasn't really interested in dating. I, uh, I had pretty much after, uh, my second marriage failed, uh, kind of, that's a whole nother story in its own, but it was the direct result of the percussions of my first male marriage failing. Um, I decided I was, all right, I'm going to be Paul the apostle. I'm just going to stay single the rest of my life. 
And um, so I decided, but for some reason, my heart was getting tugged and God told me, you know, you, you can't continue to live alone. You know, you're a person that thrives to have a companion. You just need somebody that, uh, that you know, uh, sees eye to eye or, or fits with you on a, on a spiritual and a, and a physical level. And um, so I decided to uh, go online and I went to, uh, I went to Christian Mingle and realized I wanted a bunch of money. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Um, so I'm just like, I Googled, uh, you know, uh, Christian dating websites. Uh, and I saw Christian dating, Christian dating for free.com, I think is the name of it. Yes. And I went there and, uh, all right, well, it's a pretty basic page. It's not all flamboyant like a bunch of other websites. Um, and I made a profile and was, you know, a couple days I would go through and I'd read profiles. And then I came across yours, which was, you know, as plain as it could get. A lot of, you know, basic information, no pictures, um, just kind of a brief story that you were into music. And, uh, and um, you know, I just felt led to uh, send you a wink. you <laughs> W-I-N-K, like Winkler, my last name, but uh, just, so I sent you a wink and you winked back and we started chatting back and forth, uh, just talking about different things and getting to know each other. Um, and uh, we ended up uh, arranging to meet uh, and go on our first date. And we went and saw The Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. So, um, you know, we watched the movie and then we uh, went to a little coffee shop afterward and talked some more and um, you know, it was just a really good time and very cautious. I think we both were uh, definitely had our guard up. We were very oh, yeah. cautious. I didn't think I was going to get a second date to be honest. <laughs> well, I guess you didn't, uh, you weren't, you, you didn't realize what kind of impact you had on me at the time. Yeah, we went roller skating, I think. Oh, yeah, we just went on several dates. Um, and then, uh, let's and see. We, then. And we did the, um, I invited you to the Festival of Lights where I was yeah. performing. Yeah, and I went and saw you there. And that's uh, when we went out to Denny's. I uh, decided I decided to lay one on you in the parking lot in Denny's. <laughs> Very yeah. romantic first kiss. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the kiss was good the denny's wasn't very yeah. good but uh, i don't think we've been to a denny's since then no i don't think so that's i think um yeah i think i i was mentioning in the podcast before this what a turning point for me was when i had that <laughs> blue and you came over to take care of me so what was going through yeah. your head <laughs> so yeah after realizing that we both uh, kind of fit each other's uh, expectations, which, uh, you know, my expe my expectations of myself are really low. So that's really where I was. So I didn't really, didn't really think very highly of myself at the time, just because of such miserable uh, experiences and the last relationship was uh, was just nothing but a fighting and conflict and yep same here 
Yeah, so it's just to the point where, you know, I wasn't really sure of anything, but uh, I just felt that uh, God was uh, putting us together in, in a very uh, obvious way. Um, and I think after when we got married, uh, March 12th, the following year, I mean, we met in October and got married in March. So it was a fast, uh, a fast courting to the point where uh, we just both knew and uh, you know why uh, mm -hmm. why prolong the uh, inevitable and when you love each other and you know it there was no reason for us not to get married uh, as soon as we could so we did well, you skip you skip the uh, the proposal oh well you proposed to me <laughs> <laughs> i just came out and we we're sitting on the couch i think watching tv and i yeah. said uh you know, we got to get married, right? <laughs> yep. You want to marry me? Yeah. So, yeah, you were uh, <laughs> you were uh, making the de decisions then. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, no, I, it was, didn't, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want this one to get away. Yeah. So like, well, you were uh, definitely uh, thinking, you were uh, saying what I was already thinking. I just didn't have enough, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? I was very apprehensive. You were like, you want to marry me? I I knew I knew it. I knew, <laughs> but I but I I was so unsure of myself, uh, whether or not it was right or not. But uh, and then God said, you know, this this lady really loves you, and she wants you to spend the rest of your life with her. And you know, you know it. And so it's time to to put the past away and move forward, which. You know, after we uh, got married, on the day we got married uh, was the beginning of so many uh, God-like God experiences. We um, Yeah, our honeymoon for one. Yeah, we were blown away. Um, you know, we got married in a, in a small uh, chapel and in a uh, close family. My younger brother came out and he was my best man. And, and your friend uh, who uh, helped you get out of your bad marriage uh, was was uh, your maid of honor and you know it was just uh, one of those small but uh, quaint, uh, you intimate. Know, intimate wedding that's what mm -hmm. we can call it and uh, just the uh, things that happened starting from that day it was uh, was an amazing experience that um, you know starting with uh, the fact that uh, she was you know, reading the vows and forgot to bring them off, print them off her email. So she pulled them up on a little uh, BlackBerry phone that kept timing out on her uh, <laughs> during it. So she'd have to, because uh, she borrowed it from uh, uh, one of the ladies there that was helping her. Um, so she had to unlock it and she kept going. So, you know, she, uh, you know, after uh, the whole thing was said and done, she gave us a hundred bucks off of the the fee for uh, for doing the marriage uh, for that, so we got mm -hmm. we got that, and then uh, when we went up to uh, Grand Canyon to uh, start our honeymoon weekend, um, you know, we found out that uh, God was uh, in control of that whole weekend. You know, we went to uh, the El Tavar restaurant, um, yeah, and uh, for our di uh, dinner. And um, we met a couple there that, uh, um, 
you know, we were talking to after we ate dinner, we're, we're uh, talking to them uh, in front of this huge fireplace, really cool place. And uh, we're talking back and forth and about we just got married and Tina to uh, celebrate with her daughter who just got a teaching job at my high school. Is that crazy or what? So that was kind of a blow, mind-blowing uh, situation there. And then as we're finishing our conversation, um, they uh, said, well, hold on a minute. And we, uh, before we left, they reached out and they handed us $100 cash. I mean, we don't know these people. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know them at money. all. And, and, yet, and yet they're handing us money. And then we thought, wow, that was really cool. What an experience. Well, it wasn't over then. Mm-mm. So the following morning, uh, on Sunday morning, we were checking out of uh, of the motel that we had stayed at and uh, we were checking out at the front desk and uh, the lady there said that uh, your entire stay got refunded back to your credit card and the only thing we can think of is this this couple you know knew our names Brian and Diana because we had you know talked with them for a good hour or so and um, all we can think of is uh, that they uh, they paid for our stay there. Yeah, we were blown and, away. Uh, we didn't know their names. We tried to find out what their names were. And... Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, another experience that just kept happening, and it was just crazy. And like, wow, you know, can it get any better? Well, yeah, it did. <laughs> so we leave there, and then we we already had a, uh, a, a hotel room uh, reserved in uh, – in uh, Sedona, I almost said Sonora, which is California, um, Sedona, and we, we get to the place where we were uh, having our thing in the, at the front desk. We're uh, there to get our room and stuff, and they tell us, well, unfortunately, the king-size room that you have is no longer available. Uh, they messed up when they made the reservations, but we're going to go ahead and put you in this little uh, casita um you know, it has a kitchen and a and a living room. It was basically like a, a home away from home. It's bigger than bigger than my apartment. Yes, it was. It was a beautiful <laughs> place. It had two bedrooms, a kitchenette, um, a living room, and uh, and they gave it to us for the same price as the room that we stayed at, uh, that we had reserved. And you know, this place was like two hundred and almost three hundred bucks a night. We, we found out later bucks. on that that we got for less than a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that was amazing right there. So here we go. All right, you know, we so we thought, yeah, oh, crap. We, you know, we lost our we lost our king size room, and we're now we're gonna get stuck in a twin room or whatever they got left <laughs> over. And they give they give us this honeymoon suite type thing that we end up just getting to stay at. So we were just blown away how many how many um, blessings we were given by God that whole weekend. That was that was amazing. So God put his rubber stamp on our uh, marriage uh, in tenfold. Um, and even, you know, when I got back from, from when we got back home and I went back to work, um, best employer I've ever worked for. They are mm-hmm. about taking care of their people. They care about family. And uh, I had, you know, not realizing, and I was still just a claims adjuster then, and I'm a supervisor now, but 
you know, we get back home and, and start work uh, that next week. And when I get home and I check up, you know, I pull up our bank account just to see where we're at. And I noticed my uh, a direct deposit in my account was for my bonus from work, my, my profit sharing bonus for the year. And it was mind blowing how much I got. I had never gotten that big a bonus ever in my life. And, yeah, you were uh, crying. You were crying yeah. when you told me the amount. We won't say who it was, but um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to even tell the story without you know still fighting back the tears. It's just mm-hmm. you know God's been so good to us, and He's blessed our family. He's we've got our own house. We had a you know we've had um, just blessing after blessing. I mean, you've had a few trials with John with jobs. Uh, but now you have a, a a job that where you're still happy at. They mm-hmm. both both of our jobs, even through the virus, has allowed us to work from home to where we virtually have not lost any money. Yes, yeah, so like a lot very, of people have. We've, been very we've just been, blessed. you know, we've just been so blessed. And all I can say is, uh, God is good. He loves us. He will always love us. And even if we turn our back on him, he will not turn his back on us. So we've been married. So. It'll be almost 11 years coming up. Um, yeah. So what do you think were are the keys that have made our marriage so successful? I think a lot of it has to do with the both of us having the same interests. We both, you know, love music. I mean, it's our first our first love other than each other and God is is our music. Um, the fact that we have the same interests in the type of uh, movies and TV shows. We like anything from romantic comedies to science fiction. You know, I'm, you know, I don't have any uh, issues with my manhood watching a, a, you know, tear, a teary type movie or, you know, like the notebook or uh, other movies similar to that. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I've seen in movie fashion that yanks at your, your heartstrings I've lived so it's not yeah. like it's something it's not like it's something that you know is oh it's a girl it's a chick flick well in the same time you uh, know I like watching action movies and I'll sit and watch yeah. up you know um and blow stuff up and <laughs> I love it I love it yeah. so um you know the the other things that the other things that make our marriage successful I would say are Mutual respect, wouldn't you? Right. We and both trust. respect each other to have our own to have our own space when we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, Give each other choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being in the pandemic, I mean, what they really want to know is how was it, you know, living with such a wonderful person like me, you know. <laughs> I've kind of, you know, um, gotten into more being a homebody type. Yes, I like to go out and play music and entertain. It's fun to do. I enjoy doing it, but I'm just as equally as uh, happy at being home, sitting on my own couch or working out in my workshop or uh, working on the house in the yard. Uh, It's just, it's peaceful. Uh, I think I've kind of reached an inner peace. Uh, being with uh, somebody that God put me together with who thinks and has the same uh, feelings on the same line, same uh, the same trust. 
I mean, the trusting in our relationship is a big factor that we both realize that, you know, we can do anything and go out and, you know, be away from each other and know that we can trust each other. And that is, exactly. to me, that is to me probably the best part of our relationship is the fact that we love each other enough to know that we can be thousands of miles apart and not need to worry about a thing, which we know, haven't. No, we <laughs> haven't. You know, you didn't go to France and in, in Israel by yourself. So, no. uh, I mean, that was a very cool experience that we got to have uh, literally, what, four months before the COVID virus hit? Yeah, that was in late October, November of last year. Yeah, almost mm -hmm. the whole month of October, we were in Paris and, uh, or, yeah, in Paris and uh, Israel for almost the whole month. And, wow, it was unbelievable that, you know, three months later after that, you know, we were all going to be working from home and this whole thing. And, you know, a lot of people that I talk to, because uh, I have to, uh, you know, being a supervisor, I help a lot of claims adjusters with questions of coverage. And I get calls transferred from, uh, you know, from the adjusters of customers that want a supervisor and stuff like that. Um, so I just, uh, you know, it's really... Um, hasn't really been that big of an impact, but I got a lot of adjusters who are like, God, I can't wait till we can get back to the building. I can't stand this working from home. And I said, I have a completely different view. I'll, I'll, I'll get work from home the rest of my life. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy it. I like my, I like my space. I feel comfortable. I feel secure. Uh, going through ulcerative colitis like I do. I, I don't have to worry about not making it to the bathroom in time yeah which, we get to use our own bathroom which so which I is really uh, you appreciate. know right now yeah right now until i get back under remission of this it's it's playing a big factor it's mm -hmm. so i have a job and i have and, and an employer that really uh be an employee driven um the fact that they have worked with me even my uh, uh the head of our hr department um, she, uh, Cindy's the one who really got me to, to apply for FML. You know, it wasn't just because, you know, I, I'm going through a situation. It was because, you know, if you get FML, even though you take time off, you, you still, you know, you, you got job security. And yeah, even if you're not, even, even if you don't get paid, at least, at least you, you know, you still got a job to go back to once you're, once you're healthy again. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a huge, huge deal. And so I've got just, my own, got my own health issues that I might have to go on FMLA if it gets any worse. If um, yeah. they have some memory loss that has been going on for the last two years and I've been to seven doctors and I don't know. Uh, we don't know what's causing it, and um, it's scary. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I have a great employer, too. Um, but if my my performance goes down, then I may have to do that as well. So right. we'll see. You know, you guys pray pray for both of us on that on that aspect. But um, for me, the pandemic has, has, you know, we've been pretty... Uh, Done, I think we've done better than other people have. Yeah. Um, well, we get along so well. People discount things like 
please and thank you and you know not forgetting to do the little things for each other and yeah we can't go anywhere but you know have little dates and yeah you know if you do get out buy things for each other brian loves he always says what are you gonna buy me <laughs> what, did you, what did you buy me did you buy me something if i go to the hey, store as long as it's a reese's fast break that's no. all i ask for i have no other i don't i'm not asking for anything huge i just yeah want, i just want little treats just just those little things really make the difference in yeah. being stuck with each other 24 7 just just being considerate of your your partner your kids whoever you're sharing your house with but and so we don't want to keep our uh, listeners bored rambling on and on about how great we are together you yeah yeah you're anything but boring to with our music lately well lately instead of playing music we've got everything converted over to uh podcasting which is <laughs> diana <laughs> sitting at her keyboard player right now uh, her yep. nice new her new uh rolling keyboard um but she's got her computer all set up in the music room to do podcasting so uh, at least we've still uh, been able to use these uh, the room i've had a like two gigs during this whole year and i have one coming up in a couple of weeks on uh, the 14th of uh, november so i got uh, the band coming over uh this next saturday to uh do some rehearsal but music wise that's pretty much you know we've been kind of on hiatus since this whole thing started and i got me a an acoustic drum set which i haven't had in a long time so uh i'm able to go in there and you know and play uh, on an acoustic kit which is you know it's a nice change to go on from my rolling uh electronic kit back and forth now so, it's a stress reliever uh, for you isn't it? it is i can go in there and beat the crap out of something and i don't go to jail for it <laughs> yeah but, i've got uh, uh i've got a uh a punching bag in my in my workout room that's what i yeah. use to go and stress yeah. relief there yeah, um, it's a good outlet i mean i get that and you know and you know the so yeah i see you have on there what's my philosophy philosophy with music are drums from hell well they must be because i play them now <laughs> um they're not. I, that's one of my biggest issues with religion is, you know, the Bible even talks about drums and that's cymbals right. and playing, playing instruments for the Lord is, is, is nothing wrong with that. God still loves us. He wants us to, he wants us to rejoice in his name. And if playing music is the gift he gives you, it doesn't matter what instrument it is. If it's your voice, if you're or the harmonica or you're just beating two sticks together it doesn't matter um if you're doing it for the lord that's that's the right way to go so churches out there the real the uh especially the real legalistic ones that don't even allow drums in the in the in the music it's just it's a letdown it's they're they don't realize that they're not letting people explore a gift that god gave them well people so, don't don't know what what the music was like back in biblical times. It didn't sound like, you know, Ron Hamilton or um, Fanny Crosby. It's, you know, it was quite different from yeah. what we have now. So I think that God gives us a lot of leeway to explore and express ourselves with different 
instruments, don't you? Right. I agree. I mean, it's, it's, if you feel, I took piano lessons for six months and I was so bored with it after I sat on a, (laughs) sat on a drum set for my first time. I told my parents, I said, you know, I like the piano, but I just don't have an interest in being a piano player. Um, I, I want to, I want to play drums. Well, yeah, well, I ended up getting my first drum set with paper route money that I threw and I, my parents, you know, you know, probably wished I'd stuck with piano, but uh, just because of the noise factor, but um, all these years later, it's just something that I've enjoyed doing. And and I play, I love to play any kind of music. I like blues. I like rock. I like Christian contemporary. I like pretty much anything as long as it's played well and in tune, Um, has an uplifting message. I don't care to play music. That's, uh, that's, you know, pretty much, uh, Depressing. Depressing, yeah. Or against what God wants us to do. I mean, we, so, we're, we're like, um, we're on this kick for um, uh, Neil Morris Band right now. Oh, we're obsessed awesome. with <laughs> Neil yeah. Morris Band. We love, well, we love progressive rock. It's, it's what uh, Neil, yeah, we, Neil Morris being a Christian uh, uh, and progressive rock player is just a, it's a combination of my love for that style of music and uh, and the and the great message to go along with it it's pretty amazing so what um what hobbies do you do you have besides music um i like to i like artwork i don't do enough of it anymore but you know i get to i get to sit and play on the computer like we came up with your uh your logo for your wounds of the faithful and um so yeah i mean when the time comes i still like to dabble in artwork um you like woodworking yeah yeah i like woodworking i'm in the process of converting some acoustic drums to my uh to digital so my rolling kit when i gig looks more like a real drum set um so i like doing that um I like uh, doing projects around the house that make our lives better. There's still a long list, long stuff I haven't done yet. But um, yeah, eventually started, I'll get it all done. We just started our garden, which I was mentioning last time. Yeah. And then um, you built a, a room on the back of our house for um, a pool table. Cause yeah. Now it's you're a really our, good pool player. <laughs> Yeah, well, I haven't played pool in quite a while just because of uh, we turned the pool room into our uh, greenhouse to grow all the uh, plants uh, early early on in the summer. We started growing the plants in there, and they couldn't take them out and plant them in the garden yet because it was too hot. So we got a jump start on, so the pool table's covered with a with a uh, little greenhouse of plants growing in there. So, but um, um, I don't like working on cars anymore. So that's not a hobby anymore. I used (laughs) to do it besides work to make extra money. So yeah, we (laughs) still got some maintenance we need to get done. But yeah, uh, yeah, we hire out for that now. But um, uh, we're getting to the end of the episode here. But I'd I'd like to end it on, um, you know, being a man and a, a abuse survivor and you're married to an abuse survivor. What, 
what advice would you give the guys out there if you're if they're a husband to someone that's been abused? Don't be that guy that the wife says you never listen to me. <laughs> you have to listen. You got to you know even if it hurts or even if even if the story is sad and, and you prefer not to hear it, you need to if you if you're if it's your wife. You should have already agreed to know that you know you can talk about anything and everything. So if she wants to tell you to get something off of her uh, off her mind in order to get some sort of uh, uh, comfort and um, support from you, let her talk, listen to her intently, and and realize to you know it's something that uh, she no longer has to go through if you're a decent human being that was raised with good morals and ethics like i was that there there's you know so much that you can do to help them recover and have a happy life to where the past uh, is is more of a memory instead of a haunting memory mm -hmm. yeah you so you're a patient person too that's yeah. that's very important too isn't it and i learned patience the hard way i've always been being uh, an august uh, born baby i'm a headstrong leo <laughs> and i i was a very selfish individual growing up and again my uh my near-death experience uh that whole experience not was just one near death experience. It was more. It was uh, two or three because I actually was very sick after my uh, my colostomy reversal surgery. I mm -hmm. spent 31 days in the hospital, so I've had you know multiple I can call near death experiences because of infections and things like that that I had to go through. So, you know, that was my wake up call. That was that was God telling me, you know what? It's not all about you, dude. You need to you need to wake up and realize that, you know, there's more people in this world that that are going through it worse than what you're going through, and you know you need to be a light. You need to be a light for them. You know, it's a God story. There is no it's other story. Definitely that, a God that can story. Be. So you know, if you put God first in your relationship. You know, it, it it's it, God will bless you beyond measure. You just there is nothing else better, nothing else you know that you can do that's better than getting blessings from God. I I'm a wife who's been through domestic violence, obviously, and I already I got help for my past and my abuse. You know a little bit about mending the soul. What what would you say about the changes that I've gone through with? being part of mending the soul and would you recommend it to anybody out there that's been abused oh i would definitely recommend you know, it no matter how bad you think your experience is that you went through there's always somebody that went through worse and you realize that after uh doing what you're doing you know you got your heart to help people go through uh the healing process of of this type of a situation, whether it's physical or mental abuse, sometimes mental is way worse than physical. I would highly recommend it just because the change I've seen and, and you have more confidence than you had before. You, uh, you were pretty strong-willed when we met just because you were ready to live your own life your way. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and the fact that two people with that same mindset can uh, blend together and, and have a successful marriage going on 11 years years later it's 
it's only through God that uh, all things are possible. So I, uh, I highly recommend that anybody who is hurting or needs help, get help, whether it's through your church, through uh, any kind of program like Mending of the Soul. Um, it's a lot more positive. It's just not sitting in a circle and telling each other how terrible your lives were. To learn how to overcome it. Exactly. And that's, the and that's the most important part of it. Is you have to overcome what you've gone through. Whether You'll never forget it, but if you can overcome it, and allow God to work in your life. You no longer have to live in in the in the mode of being scared or what's around the corner, because you're going to be ready for it now that you have the the spiritual uh, foundation to fight. Yeah, mending the soul definitely gives people the tools because there are going to be some bad days. You do heal, or you're really far along in your healing journey. I I have some triggers sometimes, but. I think mending the soul has made, this is what I have to do. This is the truth of the situation. This is how I'm going to deal with this challenge today. Right. So now at the end of our, our episodes, we have a music segment. So what do you think we should play? Do you think we should do So Beautiful? That's the song that I wrote uh, mm -hmm. for him. Or we could do the Facebook song. Or do you want to do a drum solo? <laughs> what you got? <laughs> well, since I have an the consistency of playing my drums every day like I should because it's good exercise, playing a drum solo would probably be like a train wreck or <laughs> somebody with an arm full of noisy things falling down a staircase. So probably not a good idea. But um, <laughs> I would say since uh, you wrote so beautiful for me for my 50th birthday, um, I think that would be a good song, but that's also the song that we use in the intro and outro of the podcast. So, yeah, so thanks for, for being on the podcast with me, babe, and for the listeners. I hope that you enjoyed Brian's stories today. So let us know what you think. Would you like to have Brian co-host with me again in the future? Comment on my website or give us a good review on your favorite podcast platform. So until next week, remember to do just one small thing today to get you closer to your healing goals. God bless you. Bye-bye, folks. You
Thank you for listening to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. You can connect with us at dswministries.org, where you'll find our blog along with our Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel links. Hope to see you next week.